Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm tired and cold. <laughs> I'm cold too. I have my blankie too. My air vent is blowing right on top of me. So. I mean, I have a fan on, so that could contribute to why I'm. I turned a my cold. fan off because I was cold. <laughs> I'd rather be cold than warm, so I'm perfectly fine with being a little chilly. I say that until it gets really, really cold, and then I'm over it, but I will never like being hot. I don't like being hot. I don't like being hot if I'm trying to sleep. Mm -mm. Yeah, that too. I gotta be cold when I sleep. Oh, for sure. For sure. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I've got my pumpkin spice latte, and I'm ready to snuggle in and listen to what you're going to be telling us. I know. So basic. And my Disney mug, too, to make it even better. I've never understood the pumpkin spice latte thing. I like the taste of it, but honestly, this will probably be the last time that I get this creamer. Oh, it's a creamer? It's good. It's a creamer. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I refuse to go to Starbucks and pay $6 for a small pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I don't like the pumpkin spice even when i go to Dunkin', i still don't get the pumpkin spice i don't know i'm weird i like some of the taste of it like they have these really good pumpkin spice like cheerios that are really good but yeah they're very good i like but like pumpkin muffins and stuff like that but drinks yeah pumpkin muffins are good not here for the drink i like this pumpkin spice latte creamer that i have but it's just so much spice Mm. That it's definitely not something I'm going to be able to drink like every single day. I, I can't do it. I, I had my pumpkin spice for this fall and now I just want the peppermint mochas. Yes. I prefer like apple cider or maple something. I'm not a big fan of apple cider. I think it's just because it's warm. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of that. Yes. I got um, maple pecan k-cups from aldi the other day they're really good that sounds incredible so that's my fall coffee there you go there's i like that there's a coffee shop in one of these small towns near me that i'm not going to name Mm -hmm. and (laughs) they have i know which one you're talking about they have an apple chai and it's really Mm, good i get that warm that's that sounds really good it's really tasty Oh, I can't wait for this cooler weather to start coming we, in. We say that like it's not going to be 100 degrees this week. <laughs> I know. Really. I was looking. I was like, oh, well, the first day of fall is coming. Like, let's see what the weather's going to be like. And on the first day of fall, it's going to be like 94. Yep. Yep. So that's always fun. Well, now that we've talked about some fun stuff, let me bring us way down <laughs> with some murder. Let's hear it. Some murder. All right, so today we're going to talk about the unsolved case of the two Mary Morrises. So it's kind of confusing because I have to use like their full names for each (laughs) whenever I'm talking about each of them (laughs) because they are in fact both named Mary Morris. (laughs) Oh gosh, that's really confusing. So it's pretty confusing. Uh, But in October of 2000, In a city of over 2 million people, two women by the same name were killed within days of one another. And to this day, the case remains unsolved. Dang. Yes. So the first murder 
um, took place on October 12th. So at 6 a.m. on October 12th, 2000, 48-year-old Mary Lou Morris said goodbye to her husband and headed to work, but she was never seen alive again. Throughout the day, her husband, Jay, tried calling her, but she didn't answer. She never arrived at work, and her coworkers became very worried because this was very unlike her. Uh, her husband was worried that he hadn't heard from her throughout the day, and when he found out that she never showed up for work, he decided to report her missing around 5 p.m. Uh, later that evening, an ATV rider found a burned-out Chevy Lumina on a remote stretch of road three miles from Mary Lou's house. The car contained a burned body that was burned so badly that oh. forensic scientists had used teeth fragments to identify it. The body was identified later that night as Mary Lou Morris. Unfortunately, her body was so badly burned that it was impossible to determine the cause of death. But foul play was most certainly the culprit, seeing as the car was on fire. Um, yeah. However, finding a motive proved to be a much more difficult thing. Mary Lou had no enemies that they could find, and robbery was ruled out since there were several pieces of jewelry melted onto her body. Um, the only things mm. missing were her purse and her wedding ring. Uh, police quickly ruled out her husband, Jay, and her ex-husband as well, because they both were extremely cooperative as soon as the investigation started. Um, nothing suspicious about them as far as the police were concerned. So yeah. they were kind of stumped on what could possibly have been the motive behind this. It just seemed really random. And just four days later, on October 16th, while police were still perplexed by the murder of Mary Lou Morris, Mary McGinnis Morris was found dead 25 miles from where Mary Lou Morris was discovered. This second Mary Morris was also found in her car along a stretch of road. Unlike the first Mary Morris, this second had died from a gunshot wound to the head found to be inflicted by a gun that her husband had lent her just days before. Oh, God. Yeah. At first, it was thought to be a suicide because it was a shot to the head. Uh, but they did notice the similarities between this murder and the first Mary Morris murder. Uh, Mary McGinnis Morris's wedding ring was also missing. So both of the women's wedding rings had been taken. Um, hmm. However, this Mary Morris, Mary McGinnis Morris had bruises and her clothes were torn, suggesting a struggle before her death. The passenger side door of her car was left open and the car keys were outside the car on the passenger side. So clearly somebody else had been Someone with her. came in. Um, yeah. There was also evidence that she'd been gagged shortly before her death. So earlier in the day, Mary had met one of her friends, Lori, at one of the clinics that she worked at. Mary McGinnis Morris was a nurse, and so she worked at a couple different clinics. And she met her friend Lori there to give okay. Lori an allergy shot. And after the two parted ways, Mary called Lori about 5.30 p.m. from a drugstore, telling her that there was a man there that was giving her the creeps. It seems like a strange place to call your friend from, but you have to remember yeah. this was in 2000, so their like, cell phones weren't really a thing yet. Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, they existed. They just, it wasn't common for everyone to have one. You, Yeah, you didn't take it everywhere with you. Yeah, most people only like had them for now. like work or other things like that. Like most people didn't just like carry around a phone with them. Mary had planned on going back to the clinic after she ran some errands and clocking out and then heading home for the night. But 15 minutes later, she made another phone call. 
This one was to 911. About the tape of the call, Detective Wayne Coleman from the Harris County Sheriff's Department says, uh, this is a quote from him, we're not going to release the contents of the tape. It covers the attack that happened to Mary. And anybody that's ever heard this tape has just had their blood chilled listening to it. It's a very chilling, disturbing call. Oh. I can't imagine. I don't know how dispatchers do it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think that I could because you were hearing people in like their most vulnerable time. Usually, if they're calling 911, it's not for a good reason. And I just have no idea how those people handle that. But just a few hours after Mary made this call is when her body was found. So this is the last known oh God. Um, communication that she had with anyone. Uh, separately, these murders are pretty strange, but when you put them together, happening only days apart, within a close proximity to two women of the same name, there's just too much of a coincidence to ignore the possibility that they're, they may be linked. Unlike the first Mary Morris murder, the murder of Mary McGinnis Morris had suspects from the very beginning. In the weeks leading huh. up to her death, Mary McGinnis Morris and her husband have been having trouble within their marriage. And so he became a suspect, not only for that, but for other things that I'll get into in a minute. She also had a co-worker at the clinic that she worked at that had creeped her out, and there was some off-putting behavior um, allegedly she had come back to her desk one day to find her things rearranged in a note saying death to you uh, oh. on her desk. Yeah. Um, she assumed that this was from the coworker because he'd recently been fired and he blamed her for this. So. Okay. Well, that would make sense. Yes. So obviously when they started interviewing people close to her and they were like, oh, there's this guy that she worked with. This is what happened. So people or the cops immediately started looking at him so after this incident, Mary asked her husband for a gun for protection. Her husband, Mike, showed her how to shoot the gun in case she needed to use it if something were to happen. Unfortunately, this is the same gun that would end up taking her life. Oh. Uh, the murderer made her death appear to be a suicide, but investigators noted that Mary had a lot of signs that she'd attempted to defend herself against the attacker. Remember before when she was found, they said she had bruises, her clothes were torn, it looked like she'd been gagged. So she fought hard for her life yeah. leading up to her murder. Uh, police interviewed both the male co-worker and her husband, Mike Morris. The co-worker was a suspect because he blamed Mary for the reason he got fired and obviously because of this alleged note that he left on her desk. The husband was suspicious because, well, the husband always did it. But in this case, obviously. the husband was suspicious because he was weird from the moment the police contacted him. So he claimed that he was at the movies with his and Mary's daughter when his wife was murdered, which seems suspicious to me. If your wife is missing, why are you at the movies? Right. Why aren't You're you going to go along your day like nothing's going on? Why aren't you out looking for her? I don't understand. I mean, did he like know that she was missing at that time? Or was he just like under the assumption she was just doing something? I'm not entirely sure if he knew she was missing. It just seems weird to me that like they come to him and they're like, hey, your wife's been murdered. And he was like, I was at the movies. Yeah, that is um, a little weird. And then he refused to let the police talk to their daughter, which and that's even more well, weird. Which I can kind of get. It never says how old the daughter is. And I can kind of understand them not wanting 
their child to talk to the police but if your wife has been murdered like maybe your kid has been with her when she like someone has been nearby or Uh, right i mean i understand too like wanting to not have that trauma of your child having to talk to right exactly you want to protect them but at the same time it could go either way like either it looks like you're trying to protect your protect your child or it can go the way of you know that they won't lie and then you're going to get caught. So in yeah, order to like exactly. not have a mess, you're just going to not have them talk. So it can it, it literally could go either way. Exactly. And so in the next part that they find suspicious, I don't personally find suspicious because in the same situation, even if I was innocent, I still wouldn't. But so he refused a polygraph to back up his story about being at the movies and he immediately hired a lawyer. So I don't see this as a red flag because you should always hire a lawyer. (laughs) There, There are so many people in jail for things that they didn't do because they were coerced into admitting guilt when there was no guilt to admit. And so I am 100% on board with, hiring a lawyer and polygraphs aren't admissible in court so it doesn't really matter if you take one or not and they can be misinterpreted anyway because if you're nervous you're more likely to because it's based on heartbeats so if you're nervous you're going to be more likely to have a increased heart rate even if you're telling the truth so right exactly none of them are i'm 100 percent with you yeah so i don't think that's a red flag but the police took this as a red flag And this next part screams motive. So they were also suspicious of him because Mary McGinnis Morris had a life insurance policy worth $700,000. And there it is. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Mm Mm-hmm. But apparently Mike was suspicious of Mary and claiming that she was having an affair and he had followed her around on several occasions trying to catch her having this affair. And reportedly, he even confronted her about his suspicions. And this, coupled with his refusal to cooperate, made police see him as their number one suspect. I mean, I can see that too. And if they're having marital problems and he's worried that she might leave him and change the policy where he's not the recipient anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know. There's a neat number of reasons that he could possibly be motivated. Yeah. The the coworker seems like a good suspect, but I'm not sold on it because, I don't know, you got fired from your job. That doesn't really seem like a good reason to it just It but seems I mean, like the husband has, yeah, it, it seems like the husband has way more motives yes. than this coworker does. And he's much more suspicious. So, remember, there are two Mary Morrises that have been murdered within four days of one another. And while they have suspects for the second murder, they don't have any suspects for the first. However, the police receive, well, they didn't receive phone calls, but they discovered two phone calls that led the investigators to form a theory about these murders. They began to think that the murders were done by a hitman. So that sink in for a minute. There was a phone call made to the Houston Chronicle after the murder of Mary Lou Morris saying that the murder had been a mistake. No one knows who made this phone call. 
The second phone call was made by Mike Morris to his wife, Mary Morris's phone, at 7.11 p.m. on the day of her murder. This was an hour and a half after Mary had called 911 to report her own kidnapping. The call from Mike to Mary's phone lasted for four minutes. Mike claimed that Mary didn't answer and that the length of the call was a mistake on the phone company's part. Because, you know, that happens all the time. According to the company, though, if she hadn't answered, the call wouldn't have even been on the record at all because they wouldn't have had anything to track. Right. So he clearly talked to someone for four minutes. The police have a theory about this, and they believe that Mike's call to Mary's phone was planned and that the murderer was supposed to pick up the phone when he called to confirm the kill. I guess since, you know, he effed up with the other one. Yeah. So the police's theory of the murders being committed by a hired hitman was furthered by both of the women missing their wedding rings. Um, This is supposedly something that hitmen do. Uh, They take the ring and give it to the person that hired them to prove their kill. Both murders were attempted to be covered up. The first murder, they set the car on fire, basically burning anything that would have possibly gotten them any answers. They don't even know how Mary Lou Morris was killed. So uh, they were pretty successful in covering that one up. And then the second murder was made to look like a suicide since she was shot in the head. They both were found in remote areas. And this was probably in an attempt to delay the discovery because Mm -hmm. the farther out you are, the less people are going to pass by. Even though there is even though there's circumstantial <laughs> evidence in against two people in the case of Mary McGinnis Morris's murder. No one has been charged in the almost 22 years since the murder took place. The police still consider the murders of the two women with the same name in the same town within days of one another a coincidence, but most people don't believe that, including me. No, that's definitely not a coincidence. I don't really believe in coincidences in the first place and i definitely don't believe this one is because if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's probably a duck um mary lou morris's husband jay says that he has a hard time believing that it could be a coincidence the chances of two women with the same name being murdered in the same week in a city of two million people is an astronomical odd and i agree i agree too now As I said, this case has never been solved, but I do have a personal theory. Um, My personal theory is alleged, 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 no one sue me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that Mary McGinnis Morris's husband hired a hitman to kill her for the life insurance policy. I think that since they'd been fighting, he knew that a divorce was probably imminent. And I feel like maybe he was trying to get something out of it i'm not really sure but i think that he killed her for her life insurance policy and i believe that the murder of mary lou morris was a mistake and it was a case of mistaken identity two women with the same name in the same city and that when the hitman realized his mistake he called and told the houston chronicle and then kidnapped mary mcginnis morris and killed her who was the actual intended target And then made it look like a suicide. And I don't know if maybe there was a clause where it should say... I know a lot of life insurance policies don't cover if it's a suicide, but that's my theory. I honestly agree. As soon as you 
started talking about the cases a little bit more, my my first instinct was that the first one was an oopsie. Well, and part of me wonders if maybe the husband was like, hey, she keeps a gun under the front seat of her car. You can use that. And when he killed Mary Lou and there wasn't a gun under the front seat of her car, he was like, oh, shit, this is the wrong person. But I already... (laughs) like right you already did did something like it and then he knew he needed to do the actual one within a few days or the person who hired him is going to be mad like that's my theory of course i could be wrong because i wasn't there but no one knows there's it's unsolved to this day and i hate unsolved cases me too but it definitely seems like it was something that the husband planned yeah i mean if you feel like if you feel like a divorce is coming and you know that your wife has a 700000 which is a lot of money for a life insurance plan. Yes. And you know that if you're going to get divorced, that if something were to happen to her, you're no longer going to get that money. I mean, it's not right to do it, but I've, I, I think that that's a, a, a motive on that part for sure. That's the motive. Like if, if you're going to leave me. <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of them. It is. It's the life insurance. The life policies. insurance policy is the motive on a lot of them, and I just think that Mary Lou was an unfortunate victim. I mean, they were both unfortunate, but I think that she got mistaken because they have the same name. Although they yep. were like ten years apart in age, and I guess I saw pictures of them, and I'll put them on um, our social media. But they do look fairly similar. Um, they both had dark hair similar features like they're both white women with dark hair i mean um that if they both went missing you know like one early in the morning or one at night i i could kind of see how a person who doesn't know them like if they are hired they're not going to really know the difference if you just give like basic facial features and basic features of them i mean well and i wonder if they drove the same kind of car like i feel like you would have to give someone more information than just like their name right I mean, yeah, I, I just. I wonder about the car. That's interesting too. I don't believe in coincidences, so. Yeah, no, that's not a coincidence. It would be a to me. It would be a little odd if they had like different names and they just like just so happened to get. Because I mean, again, if you said there was like what two million people that live in that city, um, in Houston in two thousand, two million people was the population. Right. So, so I mean. I'm unfortunately there's probably quite a few people that end up passing away in that town each I imagine no week it's just two women two like middle-aged women with the same name with the same I mean come on in the same town in the same week like it just it's too much yeah there's too much similar there in their cars like it just there's too many similarities they're both missing their wedding rings yeah that's that's a little odd that's definitely not a coincidence. Yeah. That's just both of them. It, it sucks because both of them died. But the first one, it sucks. I feel like not more, but like. But she wasn't even like she the just so happened to be, if the theory is correct. Right. The theory is correct. She just she got killed just because she happened to have the wrong name. Yeah. You know, like that's that really sucks. It really does. It's very unfortunate. And I really hate unsolved cases because then I sit here and I like ponder and I come up with theories and I'm like, I can solve it. You know, no one's been able to solve it in 20 years, but I 
right now, me and you from not the same state that <laughs> this murder took place in <laughs> when we were We've in like elementary it. school. <laughs> but we could solve it. We could but do it. <laughs> we're going to be the ones to crack the case. Obviously. So. Oh, although that is, I guess, I've heard of a lot recently, or at least more recent than 2000, where like the public have been really good at solving some of these cases yeah. like where police officers will spend years and years and years trying to figure these things out and they'll go out to like a reddit thread or they'll go to like twitter be like hey here's all the information help us and within like a month like twitter or reddit have it solved yeah so it can happen yeah it can happen i mean maybe evidence has come far enough that soon we'll have what we need yeah i mean as long as police and forensics do a thorough job of collecting evidence and holding on to it, yes, you never know how many years before those things can actually. Now that be may beneficial. be difficult because Houston has had some pretty terrible weather over the past few yeah. years—the flooding and hurricane yeah, and everything—and like I said, like the police just think it's a coincidence. They don't even think that it's the same person, so they aren't linking these together oh so. that makes me want to bash my head against the wall that's like the whole oh it's teenagers like they're just being teenagers i mean that's like last week when we talked about Alyssa attorney and they just kept saying she ran away and for like eight years that's what they said and then someone falsely and like confessed and then they reopened it and they were like oh we don't think that's what happened and then it took them another like 12 right. years to make an arrest so yeah just, I hope for the sake just... of these two women that someone is able to find justice for them. Absolutely. There's just way too much in common for it to just be a coincidence. There's no way. Absolutely. There's no way that it's not linked. I don't know why the police would say. I mean, I guess because technically they don't have any evidence other than the fact that they do have the same name. Yeah. They have no evidence to say that they're linked because... One of them was burned in her car and the other one was made to look like a suicide. So I guess technically it would be hard to link them together, but there's just too much in common to not link them together. I understand not being able to link them together, but I don't understand just classifying it as a coincidence. I wasn't aware that that was a a term for the (laughs) police. Right. <laughs> right. What do I know? <laughs> oh, that is just... There's not... Uh, the word officer is not in front of my name, so... <laughs> just an armchair detective. An armchair detective. I like that. My, my chair doesn't even have arms, but... Um, I mean, I'm on a couch. Does that make me a couch detective? I guess. Even though I can't reach the armchairs on my couch. I can reach one. Your couch has armchairs. I mean, it will not. <laughs> arms, arms, things, whatever you call them. Yeah. I'm tired, guys. The, um, Armrest. Armrests. There Here you we go. go. I knew you'd get there eventually. Words. <laughs> I, I'd get there eventually. Words are sometimes hard. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer. They are. They are, especially when you get older. And I'll start, like, I do this thing <laughs> where I'll replace a word in a sentence with a completely different word that doesn't even make any sense but i do it without like 
thinking about it. So like, like say, for example, it's a good I'm, thing I'm poor and Sarah. Seriously. And my kids are finally catching on to it too. But I'll tell them, I'll be like, hey, go put the laundry in the garage. And then they just kind of look at me and I'm like, oh, I mean the dryer, the dryer. Like I, I do stuff <laughs> like that all the time. And they just stop and they look at me and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm getting old. Help me. I mean, I'd say it's not really just because you're getting old. Your text messages have never made any sense. <laughs> For like the okay, seven but- years that we've been friends, your texts have never made any sense. <laughs> Okay. To be but fair, I just know what you're saying. That, though, <laughs> a lot of that is because I use that stupid talked text, and I need to stop doing that because it like never understands me correctly. I feel like seven years ago there was no talk to text, so maybe it's just you. Okay, I might be stretching that out a little bit. It might. Just- <laughs> it's okay though because I <laughs> I always know what you're saying. <laughs> You do. I don't even have to correct myself. But my anymore. favorite you is when you try to correct yourself and it just makes it worse. <laughs> and then there's like six text messages underneath it because it just like those say- the word just will not come out. And then you're like, damn it. <laughs> and I just let Every- you keep going. And then I'm like, I know what you meant. <laughs> You just you 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 watch it just, just slowly like crumble until I give up. Me. I'm literally going back to see if I can find the last time that happened because I'm sure it was pretty recently. It was, but I can't remember what we were talking. But um, that was quite the squirrel we went on. Just. It was. Um, but that is the story of the two Mary Morrises that remains unsolved, unfortunately. So if you have information on that. You should tell someone. I don't have a number for you to call. I probably should have looked that up, but I'm sure there's like a Houston's Crime Stoppers. Yes, you can. You can call Houston Police Department and tell them what you know. And I think that is our story. You want to tell the folks where they can find us? So you can find us on social media. We have Twitter, which is at truly underscore creepy. We have our Instagram, which is at Truly Creepy. You can also write us an email, say hello, send us a listener story, ask us questions, all of the above. You can email us at trulycreepypodcast at gmail.com. We also would love it very much if you would rate us on Apple Music. It does a lot more than you think for us on there, and we'd really, really appreciate it. You can also like us turn on notifications so you get notified when we do post new content and also share us with your friends if you would like some behind the scenes information extra pictures extra videos extra little behind the scenes podcasts you can head on over to patreon and search truly creepy and become a patron we have two different levels we have our five dollar tier which will give you access to our podcast early. It'll get you behind-the-scenes podcasts. It'll give you extra pictures, just a ton of extra content. And then we have our $10 tier, which is our VIPs, which will get access to everything that I just listed. And on top of that, they get access to our 19 Crimes Wine podcast. We put those out once a month, and we just drink some wine we tell you about the history of the crime that is on the bottle give you our unprofessional opinions 
opinions, opinions on how those wines <laughs> taste and get little silly things like that. And just, you know, it's a more relaxed, fun podcast. Lots so, of again, squirrels. Our, we go down lots of rabbit holes. Lots of squirrels. So many rabbit holes. Yeah. So filming those are super, super fun. And they just, they're like a little bit more, again, behind the scenes. You get to know us a little bit more. Lots of get squirrels. Get some other really cool. Lots of rabbit holes. Lots of squirrels. Holes. Tons of those. And a little bit more history, too. And they're just, they're really cool and they're really fun. So if you want to have access to those, then you will become our top tier VIP patron. And we thank anyone who signs up and becomes a patron. It means a lot to us and it helps us out a lot more than you think. And I can't wait to share with you guys my episode next week, which you gonna tell us is going is? to remain... I am not. It is going to be our 20th episode. And so I'm going to have a very special episode, but I am not going to tell anyone what it is. It's very exciting. I can't believe we've made it that far. I know. I'm so proud of us. This has been really fun, and I am very excited that we are on our 20th episode. Me too. So excited. So with that, head on over to our social medias. Check us out. Like us. Give us a follow. Share us with your friends, write us an email and say hello and become a patron. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Keep it truly creepy. Bye.